Question 58 of Summa Theologica Tertia Pars, Treatise on the Saviour. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Summa Theologica Tertia Pars, Treatise on the Saviour, by St. Thomas Aquinas. Translated by the Fathers of the English Dominican Province. Question 58. Of Christ's sitting at the right hand of the Father, in four articles. We have now to consider Christ's sitting at the right hand of the Father, concerning which there are four points of inquiry. First, whether Christ is seated at the right hand of the Father. Second, whether this belongs to him according to the divine nature. Third, whether it belongs to him according to his human nature. Fourth, whether it is something proper to Christ. First article, whether it is fitting that Christ should sit at the right hand of God the Father. Objection 1. It would seem unfitting that Christ should sit at the right hand of God the Father. For right and left are differences of bodily position. But nothing corporeal can be applied to God, since God is a spirit, as we read in John 4.24. Therefore, it seems that Christ does not sit at the right hand of the Father. Objection to further. If anyone sits at another's right hand, then the latter is seated on his left. Consequently, if Christ sits at the right hand of the Father, it follows that the Father is seated on the left of the Son, which is unseemly. Objection 3 further. Sitting and standing savor of opposition. But Stephen, in Acts 7.55, said, Behold, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. Therefore, it seems that Christ does not sit at the right hand of the Father. On the contrary, it is written in the last chapter of Mark, chapter 16, verse 19, The Lord Jesus, after he had spoken to them, was taken up to heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God. I answer that. The word sitting may have a twofold meaning, namely abiding, as in Luke 24.49, sit you in the city, and royal or judiciary power, as in Proverbs 20 verse 8, the king that sitteth on the throne of judgment scattereth away all evil with his look. Now in either sense it belongs to Christ to sit at the Father's right hand. First of all, inasmuch as he abides eternally unchangeable in the Father's bliss, which is termed his right hand, according to Psalm 15.11. At thy right hand are delights even to the end. Hence Augustine says in On the Creed to the Catechumens 1, Sitteth at the right hand of the Father. To sit means to dwell, just as we say of any man, he sat in that country for three years. Believe, then, that Christ dwells so at the right hand of the Father, for he is happy, and the Father's right hand is the name for his bliss. 
Secondly, Christ is said to sit at the right hand of the Father inasmuch as he reigns together with the Father and has judiciary power from him, just as he who sits at the king's right hand helps him in ruling and judging. Hence Augustine says in On the Creed to the Catechumens, too, By the expression right hand, understand the power which this man, chosen of God, received, that he might come to judge who before had come to be judged. Reply to Objection 1 As Damascene says in On the True Faith 4, We do not speak of the Father's right hand as of a place, for how can a place be designated by his right hand, who himself is beyond all place? Right and left belong to things definable by limit, but we style as the Father's right hand the glory and honor of the Godhead. Reply to Objection 2 The argument holds good if sitting at the right hand be taken corporeally. Hence Augustine says, again in On the Creed to the Catechumens 1, If we accept it in a carnal sense that Christ sits at the Father's right hand, then the Father will be on the left. But there, that is, in eternal bliss, it is all right hand, since no misery is there. Reply to Objection 3 As Gregory says in a homily on the Ascension, It is the judge's place to sit, while to stand is the place of the combatant or helper. Consequently, Stephen in his toil of combat saw him standing whom he had as his helper. But Mark describes him as seated after the Ascension, because after the glory of his Ascension he will at the end be seen as judge. Second article. Whether it belongs to Christ as God to sit at the right hand of the Father. Objection 1. It would seem that it does not belong to Christ as God to sit at the right hand of the Father. For as God, Christ is the Father's right hand. But it does not appear to be the same thing to be the right hand of anyone and to sit on his right hand. Therefore, as God, Christ does not sit at the right hand of the Father. Objection to further. In the last chapter of Mark, chapter 16, verse 19, it is said that the Lord Jesus was taken up into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God. But it was not as God that Christ was taken up to heaven. Therefore, neither does he as God sit at the right hand of God. Objection 3 further. Christ as God is the equal of the Father and of the Holy Ghost. Consequently, if Christ sits as God at the right hand of the Father, with equal reason the Holy Ghost sits at the right hand of the Father and of the Son, and the Father himself on the right hand of the Son, which no one is found to say. On the contrary, Damascene says, in On the True Faith 4, that what we style as the Father's right hand is the glory and honor of the Godhead, wherein the Son of God existed before ages as God and as consubstantial with the Father. I answer that, as may be gathered from what has been said in Article 1, 
three things can be understood under the expression right hand. First of all, as Damascene takes it, the glory of the Godhead. Secondly, according to Augustine, the beatitude of the Father. Thirdly, according to the same authority, judiciary power. Now, as we observed in Article 1, sitting denotes either abiding or royal judiciary dignity. Hence, to sit on the right hand of the Father is nothing else than to share in the glory of the Godhead with the Father, and to possess beatitude and judiciary power, and that unchangeably and royally. But this belongs to the Son of God. Hence, it is manifest that Christ, as God, sits at the right hand of the Father. Yet so that this preposition, at, which is a transitive one, implies merely personal distinction and order of origin, but not degree of nature or dignity, for there is no such thing in the divine persons as was shown in the first part, question 42, articles 3 and 4. Reply to Objection 1. The Son of God is called the Father's right hand by appropriation, just as he is called the power of the Father in 1 Corinthians one twenty four. But right hand of the Father, in its three meanings given above, is something common to the three persons. Reply to Objection 2. Christ as man is exalted to divine honor, and this is signified in the aforesaid sitting. Nevertheless, such honor belongs to him as God, not through any assumption, but through his origin from eternity. Reply to Objection 3. In no way can it be said that the Father is seated at the right hand of the Son or of the Holy Ghost, because the Son and the Holy Ghost derive their origin from the Father and not conversely. The Holy Ghost, however, can be said properly to sit at the right hand of the Father or of the Son in the aforesaid sense, although by a kind of appropriation it is attributed to the Son to whom equality is appropriated. Thus Augustine says in On Christian Teaching 1 that in the Father there is unity, in the Son equality, in the Holy Ghost the connection of unity with equality. Third article, whether it belongs to Christ as man to sit at the right hand of the Father. Objection 1. It would seem that it does not belong to Christ as man to sit at the right hand of the Father, because as Damascene says in On the True Faith 4, what we call the Father's right hand is the glory and honor of the Godhead. But the glory and honor of the Godhead do not belong to Christ as man. Consequently, it seems that Christ as man does not sit at the right hand of the Father. Objection to further. To sit on the ruler's right hand seems to exclude subjection, because one so sitting seems in a measure to be reigning with him. But Christ as man is subject unto the Father, as is said in 1 Corinthians 15.28. Therefore, it seems that Christ as man does not sit at the Father's right hand. Reply to 
Objection 3 further. On Romans chapter 8 verse 34, who is at the right hand of God, the gloss adds, that is, equal to the Father in that honor whereby God is the Father, or on the right hand of the Father, that is, in the mightier gifts of God. And on Hebrews 1 verse 3, sitteth on the right hand of the majesty on high, the gloss adds, that is, in equality with the Father over all things, both in place and dignity. But equality with God does not belong to Christ as man, for in this respect Christ himself says in John 14.28, The Father is greater than I. Consequently, it appears unseemly for Christ as man to sit on the Father's right hand. On the contrary, Augustine says in On the Creed to the Catechumens, too, By the expression right hand, understand the power which this man, chosen of God, received, that he might come as judge who before had come to be judged. I answer that, as stated above in Article 2, by the expression right hand is understood either the glory of his Godhead, or his eternal beatitude, or his judicial and royal power. Now this preposition, at, signifies a kind of approach to the right hand, thus denoting something in common, and yet with a distinction, as already observed. And this can be in three ways. First of all, by something common in nature, and a distinction in person. And thus Christ, as the Son of God, sits at the right hand of the Father, because he has the same nature as the Father. Hence these things belong to the Son essentially, just as to the Father. And this is to be in equality with the Father. Secondly, according to the grace of union, which, on the contrary, implies distinction of nature and unity of person. According to this, Christ as man is the Son of God, and consequently sits at the Father's right hand. Yet so that the expression as does not denote condition of nature, but unity of suppositum, as explained above in question 16, articles 10 and 11. Thirdly, the said approach can be understood according to habitual grace, which is more fully in Christ than in all other creatures, so much so that human nature in Christ is more blessed than all other creatures, and possesses over all other creatures royal and judiciary power. So then, if as denote condition of nature, then Christ as God sits at the Father's right hand, that is, in equality with the Father. But as man he sits at the right hand of the Father, that is, in the Father's mightier gifts beyond all other creatures, that is to say, in greater beatitude and exercising judiciary power. But if as denote unity of person, thus again as man, he sits at the Father's right hand as to equality of honor, 
inasmuch as with the same honor we venerate the Son with his assumed nature, as was said above in question 25, article 1. Reply to objection 1. Christ's humanity according to the conditions of his nature has not the glory or honor of the Godhead, which it has nevertheless by reason of the person with whom it is united. Hence Damascene adds in the passage quoted, in which, that is, in the glory of the Godhead, the Son of God existed before ages, as God and consubstantial with the Father sits in his conglorified flesh, for under one adoration the one hypostasis, together with his flesh, is adored by every creature. Reply to Objection 2 Christ as man is subject to the Father if, as, denote the condition of nature, in which respect it does not belong to him as man to sit at the Father's right hand by reason of their mutual equality. But it does thus belong to him to sit at the right hand of the Father, according as is thereby denoted the excellence of beatitude and his judiciary power over every creature. Reply to Objection 3. It does not belong to Christ's human nature to be in equality with the Father, but only to the person who assumed it. But it does belong even to the assumed human nature to share in God's mightier gifts, insofar as it implies exaltation above other creatures. Fourth Article whether it is proper to Christ to sit at the right hand of the Father. Objection 1. It would seem that it is not proper to Christ to sit at the right hand of the Father, because the Apostle says in Ephesians 2, verses 4 and 6, God hath raised us up together, and hath made us sit together in the heavenly places through Christ Jesus. But to be raised up is not proper to Christ. Therefore, for like reason, neither is it proper to him to sit on the right hand of God on high. Objection to further. As Augustine says in On the Creed to the Catechumens 1, for Christ to sit at the right hand of the Father is to dwell in his beatitude. But many more share in this. Therefore, it does not appear to be proper to Christ to sit at the right hand of the Father. Objection 3 further. Christ himself says in Apocalypse 3.21, To him that shall overcome, I will give to sit with me in my throne, as I also have overcome, and am set down with my Father in his throne. But it is by sitting on his Father's throne that Christ is seated at his right hand. Therefore, others who overcome likewise sit at the Father's right hand. Objection for further. The Lord says in Matthew 20, verse 23, To sit on my right or left hand is not mine to give to you, but to them for whom it is prepared by my Father. But no purpose would be served by saying this, unless it was prepared for some. Consequently, to sit at the right hand is not proper to Christ. 
On the contrary, it is written in Hebrews 1 verse 13, To which of the angels said he at any time, Sit thou on my right hand, that is, in my mightier gifts, or as my equal to the Godhead? As if to answer, to none. But angels are higher than other creatures. Therefore, much less does it belong to anyone save Christ to sit at the Father's right hand. I answer that, as stated above in Article 3, Christ is said to sit at the Father's right hand inasmuch as he is on equality with the Father in respect of his divine nature, while in respect of his humanity he excels all creatures in the possession of divine gifts. But each of these belongs exclusively to Christ. Consequently, it belongs to no one else, angel or man, but to Christ alone, to sit at the right hand of the Father. Reply to Objection 1. Since Christ is our head, then what was bestowed on Christ is bestowed on us through him. And on this account, since he is already raised up, the Apostle says that God has, so to speak, raised us up together with him. Still we ourselves are not raised up yet, but are to be raised up, according to Romans 8.11. He who raised up Jesus from the dead shall quicken also your mortal bodies. And after the same manner of speech, the Apostle adds that he has made us to sit together with him in the heavenly places, namely, for the very reason that Christ our head sits there. Reply to Objection 2 Since the right hand is the divine beatitude, then to sit on the right hand does not simply mean to be in beatitude, but to possess beatitude with a kind of dominative power as a property and part of one's nature. This belongs to Christ alone and to no other creature. Yet it can be said that every saint in bliss is placed on God's right hand, hence it is written in Matthew 25 verse 33, he shall set the sheep on his right hand. Reply to Objection 3 By the throne is meant the judiciary power which Christ has from the Father, and in this sense he is said to sit in the Father's throne. But other saints have it from Christ, and in this respect they are said to sit on Christ's throne according to Matthew 19.28, You also shall sit upon twelve seats, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. Reply to Objection 4 As Chrysostom says in a homily on the Gospel of Matthew, That place, to wit, sitting at the right hand, is closed not only to all men, but likewise to angels. For Paul declares it to be the prerogative of Christ, saying, To which of the angels said he at any time, Sit on my right hand? Our Lord, therefore, replied not as though some were going to sit there one day, but condescending to the supplication of the questioners, since more than others they sought this one thing alone, to stand nigh to him. 
still it can be said that the sons of zebedee sought for higher excellence in sharing his judiciary power hence they did not ask to sit on the father's right hand or left but on christ's end of question fifty eight read by michael shane craig lambert l c